0: hey real estate nation welcome to improve your hustle with kendall bonner where you will be challenged empowered and inspired to wake up level up repeat Welcome, Real Estate Nation. Today, I have a wonderful guest with me who I'm so honored to work and coach with. This entrepreneur and business leader was born and raised in Pennsylvania and moved to Florida in 2002 after graduating from West Virginia University, where she studied environmental sciences. But in 2007, she decided to make a career change and obtained a real estate license and subsequently survived the nation's infamous real estate market crash. In 2012, after years of hard work and grit and consistency, building a successful real estate business, she started a team in order to find leverage for a work-life balance with her husband and two beautiful daughters. As a visionary, leader, and overachiever, she continues to be recognized as a top producer both locally and nationally. Her passion for her community her charitable contributions, and talent for helping others grow and achieve have all led her to significant success as a real estate professional and team leader. Please help me welcome Lindsay Folks of the Folks Group to share her story on all things teams. Good morning. Good morning. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us. Now, before we start talking about the team thing, you went from soil and science to sales. Tell us about that decision and that journey.
1: <laughs> well, I grew up in the Northeast in Pennsylvania, where my dad was a scratch golfer. Um, so I grew up on the golf course. I was a cart girl. I worked in the clubhouse. So it was an easy transition when I went to college. I enjoyed the sciences more than anything. So I uh, went to school to be an agronomist, and I wanted to be a turf grass manager and a supervisor of golf courses. So naturally, uh, when I was thinking about moving to Florida, I thought this would be perfect. I could, you know, work on a golf course and be a superintendent in Florida. Uh, moved down here after I graduated from West Virginia University and figured out that that's a position where people get a great job and they stay forever. <laughs> and yeah. me, me being the overachiever, I can't, I can't be complacent in uh, one job forever. And I didn't want to bounce around all over the U.S. trying to you know grow that ladder or climb that ladder. So I ended up actually um, in property management to start and enjoyed the Uh, sales portion of it, the relationship part of real estate. I wasn't a fan of the flood and fire part and basically naturally landed into sales in about 2007.
0: That's amazing. That's a great story. I know that, um, you know, for me going from a lawyer to real estate professional, it was, for me, it made natural sense just like for you, but for the outside looking in, you're like, what were you thinking? Right?
1: (laughs) I went from studying dirt to selling dirt. I look at it that way. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Absolutely. That's such a great point. So tell us about your team. You have this um, great team that you've put together. Tell us about the structure of the team and your team members.
1: Sure. Um, I have six members besides me. So seven total. Uh, we have a transaction coordinator who is Brandy Meyer. Uh, she's also a buyer's agent. Um, I've got Katie Kreider, who is the uh, head buyer specialist I've got Lindsay Lonergan, Carrie Estevez, Nancy Sykes, and our lone gentleman, Bill Starcevic. (laughs) But um, we put together a structure of buyer's agents, specialists, and listing specialists to make sure that each category is getting the attention to detail. And I feel like for training purposes, it was easier to structure it like that. So that you started in one side, became a master of one, and then could graduate to the next.
0: Well, I think you said the most important word there, which is structure. You provide structure within yeah. your team. So let me ask you this. You know, why build a team in the first place? You were doing really, really well on your own as a solo agent.
1: Uh, I started the team really for, you know, that thing that we call work-life balance. <laughs> that, <laughs> that never-ending goal that we're striving for that we feel like we never achieve. Um, But mostly because I'm one person and we have 24 hours in the day. And when I went to try to get to the next level professionally and sales volume and, you know, in order to compete at a high level, I I couldn't do it by myself. I felt like I was uh, burned out a lot. I wasn't enjoying it as much as I I should be or or did before. So I transitioned into a team to better service, not only my clients, but to give me a little bit more uh, being present. With the family and with things I enjoy to do in my off the, off time.
0: And how does having a team help and benefit the customer?
1: More than even me, <laughs> uh, we all experience the burnout. You know, the busier you are, the more burnout we can get. And so, structuring a team, you know, we can't be on all the time. So when you're not on, someone else is on, and they're there to pick you up. And that helps our clients. It's making sure that all the attention to detail goes into their transactions that they're getting the personal attention that's necessary and to produce at the high level that we're, that we're seeing right now.
0: Well, having had your team now for several years, you know, what do you think that you did right? And what do you think that you did wrong when you started your team?
1: I'm going to start with right. Let's start on a positive note. Um, I think I did it organically. You know, I did it out of a need, a need that, um, I needed more time and I also had a, an influx of business. So it was an easy transition to hand off that business. And I did it for the right reasons. I think some of the things that I would do differently, I definitely realized that, you know, if you are starting a team from scratch, you should probably have that structure and that vision in mind on where you're going with this, how you're going to structure it, how you're going to set it up so that everybody's successful. I think I had to spend several years kind of going backwards and figuring out the different personalities that I. You know, wanted on my team. Uh, I didn't realize that that would play such a huge role in the success of the overall team, but I figured that out the hard way.
0: (laughs) As do most of us, right? You know, I I heard a coach say recently, he said, you have to slow down the process in order to speed up the results. And I don't know that I'll ever forget that because that was a huge aha for me. And I hear that's kind of what you're saying here is that you almost had to go Backwards a little bit to to make sure you built all the foundational pieces so that you were had, you had a solid foundation, right?
1: That's, it's exactly right. I spent several months not feeling like I wasn't getting anywhere, but truly I was actually getting a lot further than I was before. And once the structure actually went into place, then I started to see the results. So it's definitely the that's a good advice. <laughs>
0: What's the number one change that you made that was had the greatest impact in terms of structure for your team?
1: I decided to split my team into buyer specialists and listing specialists. So I felt like you can be the Jill of everything and the Jack of nothing. So what I wanted to do is make sure everybody can master the buyer specialist side in order to fully represent the listing side of the business. I feel like if you're an excellent buyer's agent and you've been out looking at the inventory And you know what's going on in the market, better benefits the sellers. And so I structured it that way so that, and that way our listings were getting the attention they needed on a weekly basis and they weren't going stale uh, while the buyers were still being serviced.
0: I think that a lot of people don't always think about is how when you bring a team member in, where do they start and where can they grow to and the impact on the customer. So I think that's a great move that you made. Why do you think that other teams struggle? Because most teams, in my experience, are not, they they end up struggling, right, for various reasons. What, What would you think is the main reason a lot of teams struggle these days?
1: Well, I think they either start a team for the wrong reasons or they join a team for the wrong reasons. We don't just join a team so that, you know, you can learn from someone and then succeed by yourself and, and leave. Um, you join a team to be a collaborative um, environment. It's a, it's a joint effort. Everything that we do is for the team. Uh, we have our individual goals and our individual strengths, but we have an attitude of, of abundance. You have to have an attitude of abundance. You want to see everybody succeed. And you're very easily exposed in that environment if you don't have an attitude of abundance, and if you have one player on that team who is all about themselves and not about the team, you'll struggle and it'll, it'll fall downhill with the other members. So I think that, you know, especially as a team leader, you know, you don't go into it to be, you know, hugely profitable only. I mean, that's a, that's a great goal and that's what we all strive for, but I think we do it so that we can all collectively succeed and all collectively be present in our, in our personal lives.
0: Yeah, absolutely. They say one bad apple spoils a bunch, and so it's really important to, I think, protect that. Right? Yes. So, so what would you say is the hardest part of being a team leader?
1: Well, you have to wear so many hats. So we all know that we have strengths and weaknesses, and you know my strength is sales and people and relationships, and and that side of it. But I also have to now be uh, really efficient in management. So you have to wear all hats, and you have to wear them well. Um, so that's definitely a challenge. I had to get myself a coach to help me structure that part of it. You know, how do I make sure that, you know, we all have set goals, that we're all achieving goals, and that I'm still making my own personal goals. So there's a lot of, a lot of moving parts when you're actually a team lead. Um, so I think that would be the hardest part.
0: So you mentioned a couple times now you've had a coach. Do you then coach your team members or does your coach team teach your team members?
1: We actually do both. So um, I coach them on a, we have a weekly meeting and then I coach them personally. I give them all a special project for the year. We decide, you know, where they want to go, what do they want to focus on? So they'll have a special project for the year and then I'll help coach them. But I also use some of my hours uh, with my coach to also enhance their uh, skills as well. Because again, I don't know everything and they, um, they really help them move forward and get a different perspective.
0: I know that I read this book, The Entrepreneurial Myth by Michael Gerber. And in that book, he talks about the struggle of being an entrepreneur and finding a balance between working in your business versus working on your business, right? And working in your business is doing the sales and working on your business is being a team leader, right? How do you balance being a top listing agent along with being a very you know, well-loved, like your team members love working with you and being on your team with being a great leader within your team.
1: I just try to be unique and original and real. So, you know, I try to keep most of my management to Fridays. Um, I have a transaction coordinator who helps me on a daily basis with the behind the scenes. Um, But it's like my coach says, you can't do management every day uh, or you'll never sell anything. So I try to keep that to Fridays and I just try to do a lot of um, calendar management and that kind of thing.
0: Yep. So um, the the question I know a lot of people want to know is, you know, is being a team leader worth it? Is it profitable? Um, what? How do you feel about that?
1: I think profit is the ultimate goal of any small business and, and any entrepreneur, but I didn't go into it with that, which is what I think makes us a little bit different. I went into it because I enjoy it and I want to help others do better. And I, I still want to have a life. So Profitability is a great result of all of our hard work, but it's not the only thing that exists. I get excitement and I am happy helping others and watching them use some of my skills and some of the things that I do and, and have their own successes. And that's really what the team is ultimately about. I'm, I enjoy the teaching side of it as well.
0: So it's important to you that your team members are successful and encouraged and excelling at a high rate as well and that they're profitable as well, correct?
1: Yeah. And I like to see them all have their individual uh, rewards. You know, we have a lot of competitions. My team loves trophies. I just want to make sure that everybody gets the attention they deserve. If they have a great sale or they've made a, a milestone in their career, I make sure that that gets emphasized, you know, not only within our team, but, you know, within social media and that kind of stuff. Because again, You know, I want them to be
0: recognized. It's not just all about me, it's about the team. Yeah, absolutely. So, if you were going to give someone wisdom and guidance on their decision to start a team, what wisdom or guidance would you give?
1: Uh, Be prepared. Um, Really think about where you want to go, what your goals are, um, structure. You know, how do you want to lay it out? Who's your first hire? You know, how is that going to grow once you have that hire and you start to get, you know, some success? they're just having a little bit more of a plan from the get-go and and the training, you know, when team became cool, there was very limited (laughs) training for anybody. And it was really a few of us trying to figure it out, spending money on, you know, whatever we could to try to figure out how to structure and how to, you know, make this happen for everybody. But if you have the structure in place from the beginning, I would get yourself, whether it's your broker or a coach or someone to help you lay that out from the beginning I think you'll fast forward to success rather than kind of working backwards.
0: Absolutely, that's great advice, especially the understanding I think of, you know, one having a plan and having structure, but two, getting help with that. I think a lot of people try to exist in a bubble and think or as an island and think that they can solve all the world's problems by themselves and really there's no reason to reinvent the wheel. So many people like yourself have paved the way with lessons and and wisdom that uh, are, you're willing to share. So thank you so much for that.
1: Sure. And I think that's the benefit of the team. You know, it's kind of like a fast forward to seeing your own successes, you know, live and learn through me. You know, there are things that I've done that I would never do again. I feel like I've tried a lot of things that weren't successful and that's the benefit of being on my team is, Let's learn from that. Let's not make that mistake again. And let's move forward. And that kind of speeds them up to the goals they're trying to reach.
0: Now, I wanted to kind of highlight something about you in particular, which is you have a very unique approach to marketing. And do you mind sharing? Because marketing and lead generation is a huge part of being a team leader. It's part of the general expectation that a lot of team members have as well as team leaders. But I know that you don't go out and spend a bunch of money on Realtor.com leads and Zillow leads and just buying online leads, period. But I do know you have a great marketing strategy. Do you mind sharing a little bit about that?
1: Absolutely. Um, Not being from Florida, I built my business online. So I started very heavy in the Realtor.coms and the Zillows when they were structured a little bit differently. But now it's mostly online presence. So I spend a lot of money in online presence. I do have a lot of technology. I get a bad bad rap for being this technology, but most of that technology is really just enhancing the fundamentals. You know, we find the most success with uh, following the Brian Buffini programs of the Popeyes and the Personal Notes. And to be quite honest, we just try to execute the white glove treatment after the sale. Because I feel like that's the space that we are not only at our best, but that no one else is in. So the more we can take care of that client, even after the sale, you know, we just, we're just using those tools and that technology and that marketing, you know, we're still marketing after the sale. And I think that's a little bit different in what makes us unique and what makes us, you know, we see referrals, you know, 95% of our business is referrals. Do I get online leads? Yes. Do I really pay for them? Not really. Um, I don't, I feel like they're watered down. I've been, again, the beauty of being on a team lead who spent a lot of money on <laughs> things that work and don't work. Um, it's just, we've found more success in the post-closing, um, than we have with realtor.com and anything online leads.
0: Awesome. 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 And I think that's important for people to understand because I know that a lot of agents, they believe that the only way they can generate business is through those outside sources. And, you know, I'm a big proponent of you know, getting out there and finding unique uh, ways to generate business so that you can have new repeat and referral business um, from both people, you know, and people you don't know, right?
1: And being original online, you know, the the biggest thing for us is we like people to get to know us online, um, even before they call us. So they're not going to call a Zillow or realtor.com. They're going to see us. You know, more frequently on their Instagrams and their Facebooks than they probably do any agents per se on Zillow. And you want to work with people you know, like, and trust. And you, that kind of speeds up that relationship. And um, I feel like that's a lot warmer of a lead than
0: buying a lead from Zillow. So, last, well, let me ask you one final question before I get into a personal question on the topic is there any other advice, any other thoughts that you have about teams? Um, are you currently hiring for team members? Are you looking to continue to expand? And if you were, what type of team member are you looking for?
1: I'm always looking for good people. I don't personally go out and recruit people. Uh, most of the people who have been, uh, hired by my team are organic. Somebody we work with somebody that we are impressed by. Um, after you've been in the business for several years, it's hard to be impressed. (laughs) So when you are, those are the people who really are attractive um, as far as hiring everyone. But I don't have a set number. I don't feel like I'm a mega team kind of person. I feel like the more team members you have, I'd have to hire somebody else to be an ops manager. So that would probably be the next step if I hired a few more that I'd have to hire an operations manager to help me with that management side so that I can still do what I continue to love to do. And that's you know, build relationships, work with my clients, help build referrals for the team and help them moving forward.
0: Absolutely. And I forgot to ask, and I wanted to ask you this, what advice would you give someone if they were starting a team? What would be the first hire that you would recommend that they make?
1: Transaction coordinator. So um, transaction coordinator, and then obviously having a buyer's agent to help you. Um, I think buyers obviously um, consume a lot more time. So kind of splits your time, but I think transaction coordinator, that way you have more time to go out and do what you do best and they can handle what they do best. Just make sure when you're hiring a transaction coordinator that they are of that personality. So you don't want to hire another salesperson to be the transaction coordinator because, you know, we aren't as detail oriented as some of those other um, analyticals or, or somebody like that. So just make sure when you hire that transaction coordinator, that they're the best person for that position and not necessarily the best buyer's agent.
0: Yeah, and actually that brings me to another question. Do you pro- profile your agents? Do you do personality profiles and make sure that uh, people are a good fit for your culture, for your team?
1: Yep, that's one of the things that I learned through coaching was um, using the DISC system. So I never really realized, I mean, I know we have our you know weaknesses and strengths and different personalities, but I really strategically uh, later on after having the team for several years, Hired according to the disc. You know, if I'm hiring a transaction coordinator, I'm hiring someone who's more analytical and more structured than more of the driver and socialite. So that way they're paying attention to the details while those of us who are hired drivers and socialites are outselling. So I did pay attention to that. You know, obviously that was part of the structure going backwards. But I do now. So every position has a certain uh, personality that I'm looking for.
0: Good stuff. Good good advice there, Lindsay. Thank you. So one last final personal question. I always like to end our interviews there, which is, I happen to know this about you. You love toes in sand and wine in hand. Tell us what's your favorite beach and favorite wine.
1: I am a, obviously, Pinellas County beaches because, you know, I love my Florida West Coast. Um, But we're very Indian shores, Indian rocks, kind of off the beaten path. Um, We're Airbnb kind of people. We don't do commercial uh, where there's a whole lot of tourists and things like that. I like to go out there and close my eyes and recharge in in the sand. And I try to do that more frequently. That's really what brought me to Florida. You know, every time we cross that bridge to the beach, my husband and I will look at each other and we're looking at the water and we're like, This is why we moved here, you know, is so we could do this on the weekend so that we could work hard, but we could have that ability to recharge without going on a vacation per se. Um, And you know what, while I'm there, I would love to enjoy a great bottle of Justin Isosceles, which happens to be my favorite wine. Um, But yeah, that's really, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty simple. It's that toes in the sand, drink in hand kind of thing to recharge.
0: Love it. Love it. Love it. Me too. (laughs) We definitely have that in common. So thank you so much, Lindsay, for sharing your time here today on the Improve Your Hustle podcast. I appreciate you so very much. I appreciate you having me. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks, my friends, for joining us at Improve Your Hustle. So were you challenged, inspired, and empowered today? If so, what tip, skill, or strategy do you plan to implement after today's episode? Think about it and then go share it in the Facebook group. Now don't forget to subscribe, share, and leave a review. I appreciate you. Level up.